You want to find and keep your tribe of raving fans. I want to support that journey. This is the Digging Deep Podcast with your host, Justin Lamb of 360 Media. I explore ways to help you build a more attractive business that finds and keeps your tribe of raving fans. Hey everybody, this is Justin Lamb and you're listening to episode two of season two of Digging Deep, where we help business owners build better businesses. And today I'm excited to talk about this topic and that's finding your first team member. Now finding your first team member is such an important time. It's a milestone for every business owner, you know, because most business owners start off as a technician. You know, they were unhappy somewhere and, you know, maybe that was you and, you know, you were working nine to five for somebody and, you know, you had issues of some sort, whether to fill a void in the marketplace or, you know, doing something that you know, went against, um, you know, what it is that you were, might've worked for with your previous employer and you didn't maybe agree with it and you thought that you could do it better and you felt uh, strongly compelled to go out on your own. And so me, most people, uh, like myself, we start off as technicians in this space. Um, you know, people who just do the work because we're either passionate about it or we care so deeply about the cause uh, and the reason why we do it. And so we hang our shingle out and, you know, we call ourselves business owners. Um, but in fact, what we really are, we're self-employed, right? Um, you know, we're at the very best, just technicians in the space and, you know, we're learning our business and learning all the things that come with it. You know, the accounting, the bookkeeping, the administration, getting back to emails, the sales, the marketing, all of these things. And quite frankly, it's really overwhelming for most business owners when they first start. Uh, and, you know, as such, you know, you get to a point where you're getting busy and you're making a bunch of money. Uh, and now you're you're at the crossroads. You're, you're getting so busy that you can't really keep up with the stuff, um, but you kind of want to grow. And so you're now contemplating on bringing on the first team member into your organization. Now, I can tell you firsthand that bringing the, a brand new team member into your organization is an extremely stressful moment, I think, for a lot of people because you know, there are a lot of whys or what ifs that might occur uh, in your brain, you know. Uh, what if I've hired the wrong person? What if I don't have enough work? What if everything dries up? You know, what if I don't like the person? And all of these are absolutely natural. So if you're in this boat and you're thinking about bringing on a new team member, uh, rest assured that you're not alone. This is a very common thing for business owners to go through. Uh, and it is, uh, think of it as a rite of passage. And so today in this episode, I'm hoping that you'll find a little bit of value in it as I share with you some of the things that I would recommend when you're looking to uh, bring on your first team member. And so let's just dive right into it. So the first thing that I would suggest that you do when you're trying to find uh, a team member is think about what should you fill first? Now, my recommendation is finding a person that unloads tasks that are easy, but time consuming, things that are repeatable in your day, uh, that don't require a ton of intellectual property or technical skill. And, you know, these things, these things add up every day. Like you're responding to the same emails. You might be sending out and monitoring your social media, um, you know, posts and, you know, or you might be just trying to catch up with administration duties, uh, bookkeeping, any of these things that are, you know, semi-automatable, 
uh, repetitive, highly time consuming, but doesn't necessarily generate you a ton of revenue. Uh, these things are the time suck of our day. And so my recommendation is always start with an assistant, somebody who is going to be your extension and help unload some of those tasks off your plate so that you can perform at a higher level and start working on your business and not in your business. The other option is to maybe look at um, things that you might be contracting out at a premium rate. Now, uh, sometimes paying that premium rate is worth it, especially if you have a long-term standing relationship, you have a level of trust there, uh, and you've already built margins around it. But sometimes there are things that you're trying, um, you're just developing uh, a flow for, uh, getting a feel for, and you didn't want to commit firsthand to having a person within your organization on payroll. And so, you know, you might be considering whether or not to bring that, uh, you know, job in, in-house. And so, you know, if you're repeating tasks over and over again, and you kind of have a very good flow going, but it's a premium rate, something that, you know, you know that you could bring down, but you're paying a premium because it's not uh, super often at first, or, you know, that, you know, you're learning and developing, and it was a, a portion of your business that you were, you know, looking to to automate or to, to bring in-house, but, you know, rather than, than commit to a person in your organization, uh, you subcontracted up. And so uh, in my case, the first person I actually brought on was a uh, photo editor. Uh, and it wasn't that it was easy to do, but the way that I chose to edit our photos and the way that we chose to produce uh, our work was to accomplish a uh, uh, a true to nature look to things. So I knew that I didn't have a lot of Photoshop. I know that, you know, what I took in camera is where I focused my attention and that my editing was actually quite minimal at the time uh, and actually still is to today. Um, and, and the objective is to get it right inside the camera as best as possible uh, so that, um, you know, I'd have less work in the back end because when I was first starting, you know, I was shooting a lot and I wanted to make sure I was delivering on time. Um, and, you know, once I got that into a flow, uh, I realized that I could probably farm that out and so that's what I did. I, I brought on the first person. Um, I took them on at a part-time basis to kind of onboard them, see if I liked it, um, you know, and whether or not that was going to be a, a thing that I could really hand off. You know, uh, sometimes you don't really know if you can hand it off until you try. Um, and, you know, I'm not saying that they're going to be perfect the first time around, but uh, just knowing that that's able to happen is uh, the first stage. It's knowing that you can transfer that knowledge and knowing another person can take it over. Now, you know, in, in the photo world, that's easy. I mean, you know, people edit photos for other people all the time. Um, but somebody who, you know, lives, uh, you know, through your own ways of editing and, you know, is able to do that on a repeated basis, that was the important part for me. Um, ultimately, after that, I started to get somebody who could do admin duties and then somebody, uh, that person end up morphing into what is now our central coordinator where they run most of our business. Um, you know, they're dealing well with inquiries and, and things like that, but it didn't start that way. And so I want you to know is that when you're bringing on your first team member, don't think about everything they could do. Start, far, start little, start small, bite-sized steps. And so, you know, bringing a person on is important. It's a wonderful milestone, but don't go balls to the wall and get them straight into it 
and then in over your head where you're not able to manage it and you get frustrated because when you do that, um, it leaves a bad taste in your mouth. And a lot of people who are uh, technicians and and self-employed run into this trap where they feel like they can't uh, farm the work out. They can't they can't multiply their time because they don't trust the individual there. Uh, and there's so many factors that lead into that. But my suggestion is, is if you're looking to bring on a new tem- team member, don't jump in the deep end first. Um, start start little by little. You know, build the confidence and trust between you and the person you're bringing on. Because uh, in the early stages, that level of trust is paramount. Because uh, you're going to be trusting them with uh, parts of your business, uh, and they're trusting that you're going to be able to give them the support they need to do their best at their job. So, you know, make sure you keep that in mind. The second thing that I want to talk to you about is that when you're hiring a person, they're not here to rescue you. Uh, my absolute recommendation is not to hire a person who does something uh, that you do not know how to do, uh, even in its skeleton form. So don't bring on somebody to rescue your business. Um, this is a dangerous place to play. And I know a lot of people do this. Uh, the, they'll open a new leg because they met a person and it's wonderful and they think it's a great relationship. You know, like every other relationship, there's a honeymoon phase and people are really great at covering up uh, who they really are and what they're really good at, um, you know, for the first little while. And time will tell and time will show up. But it is my recommendation is to not farm something out or not to bring somebody into your organization whom you expect to rescue uh, your business or rescue a particular department. Uh, You as a business owner, especially in the early stages, is responsible for everything. It is your baby. It is not their baby. Uh, And here are some reasons why I believe that they are not, that you should not bring somebody on to rescue you. Now, the first one is that um, when you try to bring on somebody who is uh, a specialist in an arena that you have no knowledge in, is that they leave you vulnerable. Um, you don't have control. Uh, you don't have an understanding what's going on. And, you know, they might try to teach you. But if in my experience, what I see is a lot of people who bring those specialists on don't spend enough time to learn what that specialist does. And when you don't do that, uh, then you leave yourself in a vulnerable position because, like I said, you don't have control. And you don't know how to fix something if it goes wrong, if they leave your organization, you have a big argument, they mess something up, uh, you don't know how to fix it. And so a lot of people try to grow and scale quickly. Uh, and you know, if you have a lot of money to throw around and you're okay with tarnishing your reputation, yeah, go ahead and do it. But I'm going to tell you that 90 I'm going to say over 95%. Now that's an arbitrary number, but I'm going to say over 95% of the people who are in small business uh, don't have an abundance of money to just throw around and uh, don't really want to ever tarnish their, their uh, reputation. You know? Um, So, you know, my recommendation is if you're going to farm something out in the first early stages is to bring somebody in that uh, is removing tasks off your current plate so that you can add new ones and multiply your business. Um, But don't lose control over uh, something by bringing in a specialist in an area that you have no uh, knowledge and or desire to learn. Um, You know, what you don't want to do is at the end be bound by that person and strangle held um, where you you can't operate properly or that they're burning your your uh, segment of business into the ground. Um, you know you want to be able to have that control and damage control. And so, case in point, um, you know, 
for me in the early stages, uh, when I wanted to foray into videography, I had zero training in videography at the time. Um, and uh, I, I knew enough about what I wanted as a desired output. And I brought on a uh, person um, who's still with me today. And, uh, you know, the, the important part about that was um, when I brought them on, I didn't just let them, you know, run a division. I ran the division. I asked them what they, you know, uh, to produce certain assets for me. Uh, and I spent the time to study and understand what they were doing. Every step of the way, I took the time to understand what it was. And, you know, for me and him, it was a learning experience both ways. I learned to metric what he did so I could uh, have benchmarks so that I could properly understand what it was. Now, case in point is uh, when a person is still the specialist in the arena and you don't have enough uh, uh, technical knowledge to take over, um, a person can, can leave you in a, in a pickle. And that's what happened in, in the early stages. Uh, when uh, Steve had a, a child, um, his world kind of got turned upside down. And, you know, he wasn't able to focus. He wasn't able to allocate the time here at the studio during that time segment. Uh, and, and at that time, you know, we were growing. Uh, I wasn't really confident in uh, producing those videos. Um, I had not really learned a lot of stuff out of it. At that point, I was still doing metricing uh, and I was still learning the process. And I certainly did not know how to edit at the time. Um, and that left me in a pickle for about a year and a half, uh, two years. Uh, lucky for me. Uh, I am a trial by fire kind of person. And if I put my mind to it, I will learn it. Uh, and so I, eventually I did. I, I bore full, full bore ahead. Um, I didn't have to rely on anybody. And I, and I went through this steep learning curve to learn video uh, so that I could then find another videographer, find another editor, um, you know, and then of course do it myself if I really needed to. So when you're starting out, that's my recommendation is you should at least understand how to do everything because, you know, I lost two to three years of our business um, growth because I, I pigeonholed myself hiring a person, a specialist in an arena that I had no idea or understanding about zero training. And I had to train on the job, so to speak. Um, and so that stunted the growth, which is, you know, fine in the long term because I knew as a business I was in for the long haul. Um, but ultimately, you know, I, I forged ahead and, you know, today um, I, I, I learned that lesson in that uh, not to hire a specialist in an arena that I don't already have an understanding and or teach and then pass on knowledge. So uh, that is something that I, I would recommend that you do is uh, uh, hire for somebody who is going to replace something that you already know uh, and or if you're going to hire a specialist in the arena don't just leave them be um, you know spend the time to learn that uh, and and allocate the time so even though they're freeing up time where they're building parts of your business you know it's time for you to learn about what that is and make sure that you have a good firm understanding of how it is so that you know how to not be held um, you know in in a situation where you're not going to be able to uh, execute and you know stunt end up stunting your business so the third point i want to talk about is uh, the, the reason why you want to bring a team member onto uh, your team is to multiply your time. And really, 
to a business owner, uh, to be a business owner and not a technician is again, like learning about how to multiply that time. And that time for you is valuable. Uh, don't multiply your time by having a new person only to add on more mundane things. So, you know, uh, the mind is funny that way. And if you haven't uh, checked it out, um, you know, uh, please sign up on our, uh, on our uh, email list. Uh, we're developing courses in mindset uh, and the ways of a tactical Titan. And so if you're you know, interested in, in trying to dive into some of the deeper topics, I'd love to have you along. Um, we're going to be launching probably in the next couple of weeks. Um, but, uh, you know, go go on to the links in, in the description um, and sign up for our newsletter. Uh, so where we're going to announce it in a few short weeks, um, our mindset uh, course. And then, of course, other courses that are going to be coming um, that are related to the coaching that we're doing uh, for business owners and trying to help find their voice. But I digress. Um, you know, sorry for the plug. I don't mean to, to do that. This, this is really for you. But talking about uh, multiplying your time and to be a business owner, it's not about being a technician. Um, and, and then, you know, multiplying your time by bringing somebody on to do mundane tasks, and then for you to find more mundane tasks to do. That's not the purpose of bringing somebody on. Um, the tasks that you're doing, if they're, if they're repeatably mundane and they're not moving the needle and you're bringing somebody on to do them, the chances are um, that's an indication that your mind is procrastinating and it's fearing something, uh, fearing a level of progression. Um, you know, it's, it's not wanting to move forward and you're just kind of biding your time. So you know, be careful of that trap where, you know, you bring somebody on, but then your day is filled back up with things that aren't moving the business forward in one, one shape or four, you know, in one way or another. Um, so, you know, be careful of that trap. Uh, they're there to multiply your time so you can step out of that moment and look at your business from a bigger perspective and go, well, where am I going to go? Uh, where am I going to grow this business? And then the next one uh, about multiplying time is that, um, you want to hire a person to take that time um, away from you. But in the early stages, it's about training the individual. It's, it's not like you're not going to hire that person on since we'll hear the task, go do them. Spend the time in the early stages training that individual to do the things that you want done in the way that you want it done. And that's the important part. Um, more often than not, if you... Uh, let a person go and do it. They're going to do things um, and they might not consider everything that you would have considered along the process. So in the early stages, especially if it's the very first person that you're bringing on board, you need to spend the time to train the individual, train them on the way that you think, why you think that way, and the procedures that um, are that you have in place that you keep doing on a repeated basis. That's the ground level foundation. The reason why this is important is because when you're transferring your thought patterns and getting the person to understand the context of why you do things the way you do, it allows them to consider the options that are available. There's always progression. The way that you do something now doesn't mean it's the best way. It's the way that you've done it to get you to where you are. And so don't be remiss to say, once you've trained the individual, that that person can't then improve your process. But the only way that they can improve the process is if they understand the key things that are important in that process that allow them to do the jobs and then to satisfy all the other requirements, whether it's redundancy, um, you know, customer service, uh, you know, uh, safety, um, you know, all of these things that we can consider. 
And so um, in the early stages, and I'll share this story, in the early stages for 360, when I first uh, brought on a, um, a central coordinator, or at that time, it was just an administrator, uh, it was you know, easy tasks. Like I gave them tasks that were uh, fundamentally really easy. Uh, and I was, I was smart at that time. I mean, just that's a pat on the head for me. Uh, but in, in, in retrospect, what I did was I spent an enormous amount of time training them, uh, training them on how to do it, why I did certain things uh, and showing them, you know, by entering the data here, um, you know, in this fashion, and then copying and pasting that to another place, it allowed me to have a redundancy and be able to access that. I mean, the internet wasn't super robust when I first, uh, you know, did that. I mean, we were working on on the sorry very first cloud applications at that time, and you know, it was clunky at best, and so. You know, I had to build in redundancies. And if I left that to a person, I just said, hey, enter this stuff in there. Um, they wouldn't have understood the need for that redundancy because it's not their business. They just know that you were able to access it in one way. But, you know, not being able to access it on my phone when I was away and doing stuff, you know, was detrimental. Um, you know, being able to access phone numbers or whatever was was really instrumental in the early stages of our business. So being able to explain that to uh uh, the administrator at time allowed us to evolve over time. And that evolution uh, wasn't me continuing to work on that project. It was the administrator who would bring an idea to me and saying, oh, hey, I ran across this new app that we could use uh, that would actually accomplish both for half the time and half the price. Um, and, you know, for them to be able to refine that process for me and be proactive, um, was valuable because I didn't have to spend the time to research it. And they were presenting those things to improve their job. Um, and that was a win-win for all of us, you know, and she wouldn't have been able to do that at the time uh, without being, uh, without acknowledging the reasons why I did the things that I did and what was important um, in the decision-making process. And, you know, it's, uh, it's the way that we've evolved our company over time is, uh, is empowering people with the fundamental, uh, principles that I want them to operate on, as well as the reasons and the concerns that I have, so that when they're going to evolve our business and streamline it, that they're taking those things into consideration. And if they can answer all of the, the, the concerns that I have, um, then we can adopt a new piece and then we can go to train. Uh, and so that's one way that we can do it. But that doesn't happen if you're just hiring a person um, and not spending the time to train them and really transferring the knowledge and why uh, the things that they're doing are important because if you don't know how to explain uh, why they're important in the process, people get uh, bored or they they stop you know caring about it because they think it it doesn't matter, right? So if you're farming things that are eating up your time and they don't understand why it matters in the process, uh, they're going to get sloppy. So it's really your responsibility in the beginning to ensure that uh, the first person on your team uh, understands the things that you're transferring and why they're important in the in the whole grand scheme of things. Um, and, and by doing that, you're going to find greater success in the expansion as you, you know, farm out other tasks and explore and develop and farm out other tasks and explore and develop. The fourth thing I want to talk about is don't expect them to work as hard as you do. Now, 
the reason why I say that is because this is your business. It's not theirs. They're not responsible. They're not taking the risk. They're here to fulfill a job description and go home. So don't expect that they're going to pull the late hours and whatever, unless, you know, unless you're paying them to do that and you're, you're upfront, but they will never, they should, they, they should never care as much as you do about your business, because if they do, um, then they should be the one running their own business. Um, that is not to say that they aren't loyal to your business and they don't care about your business. They do. But if you're expecting them to think outside the box and be innovative and be, you know, another you, that's not going to happen. And if you find somebody in there and they're willing to stay with you, then you should hold on to them and you should cherish them. Because I tell you that those are far and few between. Um, in fact, what you're there to do to scale properly is to farm out the things that, you know, are eating up your tasks so that you can go to another level uh, and bring in new things. You're the R&D department until you can afford an R&D department. Um, and as you're doing your research and development R&D, as you're doing all of that and you find a flow and you're finding success and then again, you're going to farm out the things that are eating away at your time so that you can go and do more things. And that's how you grow and expand. Um, you know, but don't expect those people to all of a sudden become your CEO unless you're hiring a CEO. And the truth about that is, is a CEO is only as good if you still have the direction for them to go to. Otherwise, they're going to end up owning your company. They're going to be driving the things. And if you guys are not compatible, if you guys don't have the same core values, you don't have the same visions, um, it can go into a very, very uh, dark place for your business uh, and leave a really sour taste in your mouth uh, and a dissolution that will be very costly and, and, uh, and time intensive. So, you know, when you're hiring people, be careful, take your time to hire people, bring people on that are uh, there to support your vision uh, and move the needle forward. Um, but don't relinquish control of your business because it's your baby. And if you're going to relinquish your business, um, you better be comfortable with the way it heads uh, when, when it's out of your control. Um, because if you're not, and, and your baby means enough to you, um, then you want to make sure that you maintain control and what you're allocating um, and delegating out is something that you understand uh, and that, you know, that multiply your time instead of, uh, instead of, um, creating a, a scenario where, you know, you're going to end up uh, trying to find somebody who end up commandeering your business. Okay. Um, also remember that money is not always the driving force. It's not about how much you pay a person. Uh, although there are people who, whose driving core values are financially driven, um, you know, and, but there's a point, there's a point in time where, you know, you can only pay a person so much before, you know, it really doesn't matter. I mean, the, it's not that they would turn down extra money, but there's a level of comfort that happens at around, you know, the $70,000 mark, um, you know, where most people after that, it's uh, you're paying a premium for, you know, either their specific expertise or to deal with your bullshit. Um, you know, I call it the asshole tax. Um you know, rewarding people, that's a bonus, but most people, there's, there's a level of a, a threshold where, you know, they're going to be okay. Um, but what you really want to do is spend the time to look at the individuals that are in your organization and look what inspires them. You know, most people want to see progression. Most people want to know that you're moving in a direction uh, that they can see that they want clarity and they, they want certainty. 
And if you can have both and that you can challenge them a little bit, adding a little bit of variety into it, um, they're going to stay with you for, for an, uh, a longer period of time. You know, I'm going to say that they're going to stay with you forever. Um, there are lots of things that, that happen and, and people's lives change. But if you want a good longstanding employee or a longstanding uh, relationship with the people on your team, uh, it's understanding what makes them tick and then ensuring that they can see that there's progression and that they can see uh, the way that you want your business to head. Because if they can't see it, they don't see that they're moving anywhere and day to day, they're doing the same thing over and over again. Um, you know, they get bored, their mind gets bored, they're not being pushed. And so they don't have the same inspiration. And money can only do so much, right? Um, you know, before a person kind of just loses the, the, the drive to really want to work and to be a outstanding performer in your organization. So just be careful, don't just throw away, throw money at people thinking that they're going to work harder. Um, you know, quite often, that that is uh, pretty far from the truth. Um, and the, the final thing is to inspire them uh, by challenging them. Uh, and challenging them doesn't mean that, you know, you're, you're uh, dubbing them into the deep end. Challenging them is giving them a task that kind of pushes them, makes them grow. That's sending them to educational pieces. You know, people, no matter what, want to progress. Um, you know, as much as they might be comfortable in what they, they do, when they get good at something, they start to get bored by pushing them a little bit uh, outside of their comfort zone in, in an environment where you can control that um, and to let them feel safe and, you know, let them grow uh, without feeling like their job is at risk. Um, that is another way to keep a person within your organization. And so when you find your first team member, yes, you're going to pass off stuff that is, you know, daily Monday tasks, but give them a little bit of a challenge, you know, show them something that you're working on and ask if they would like to take it on and, you know, try it, but not, not saying, not forcing it upon them, you know, get them to try it, see how they like it, get them interested into it, push them out of their comfort zone a little bit at a time. And as they do, they'll grow, they'll adapt, they'll feel confident uh, because that they feel that you're confident in them to push them to another level. So my recommendation is, is uh, you know, to, to always progress your team, um, but don't expect them to work as hard as you do. So anyways, uh, this is uh, the end of our podcast today. I hope you found it valuable. And if you did, um, it would be really awesome if you could send me a message either via Instagram or Facebook uh, or even via email. Uh, you know, uh, your feedback is really great. Um, it allows me to try to curate uh, the right things for you guys to help you in the moment that you're in. Um, you know, my goal uh, is to help serve as many people across North America as I can uh, in terms of helping them find a better harmony within their business uh, so that they can relieve the stress and then they can go and impact the communities around them uh, so that we can have a better place for our children. And so if uh, this help was helpful for you, send it to somebody, share it with somebody. I would really love your support. Uh, and I thank you for listening today and I will talk to you next week. I want to thank you for listening to this podcast. Your time is valuable, and I'm deeply humbled that you're spending that time with me. I want to make this channel something really great, something you can really enjoy and get a lot of value out of. So if you have any suggestions or comments, please connect with me and let me know. If you enjoyed this content, I'd love it if you'd share it with somebody else, and if you'd leave a comment on iTunes for me. 
This helps me rank higher on the search engines. And as always, tune in next week as we dig deeper into marketing and business. Until next time, have a great day.